Welcome once again, Jamsters, to another episode of the Suns Jam Session podcast. It's kind of crazy to think this is going to be episode number 87 since we've joined the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. I know both Matthew and I are super honored and excited that we've been able to do it for this long. We've been doing live streams for about eh, 10 episodes now. So if you're watching on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook, you know, we, we appreciate it. Thanks for doing that. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network, as always, we appreciate that as well. Uh, I think it's been really fun doing these. And you know, now that we're doing live streams, we have the opportunity to bring guests onto the show and kind of talk to them and get their thoughts on the Suns. And we're going to be doing that today in this first episode. But you know what? It's not the podcast unless there's Matthew. So I'm going to add Matthew here. Matthew, how you doing today, brother? Good. Welcome to the 87th episode anniversary. Yes. My favorite number in the year the- I was born. Both are not true, but... <laughs> It's a Whoa. very special number, that 87. Oh, you know? very special, dude. And also, I was going to ask you, how come you don't have your Dodgers stuff on today, huh? We're already going to ruin the episode by talking Dodgers. No, we're not. This is a Suns okay. podcast, so even though the World Series is going on in the background, I'm actually sitting in a different room to do this podcast, so I have a, a direct uh, sight line to the TV to watch the Dodgers lose to the Tampa Bay Rays today. But this is Suns podcast, <laughs> baby. I'm ready to talk some Phoenix Suns. Yeah. You know, the countdown to draft day is on, man. Like, It's it's becoming real. You know, it's we're coming quick. We're, we're less than a month, finally. I know. I like I've been saying that for 10 months, but we're less than a month, finally. Yeah, and we actually got the heads up from the Bill Simmons podcast where he was talking about he heard that this season might be starting sooner rather than mm-hmm. later. So that is exciting, man. I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they, they want to get that season started because they don't want to essentially mess with the 21-22 season, which is crazy to think about, but makes total sense. So uh, that's going to be something we'll continue to monitor. Uh, I think that we're going to start doing these podcasts twice a week starting uh, probably November 2nd, I think. Is when we'll start to do, we'll move back, we'll move away from our Wednesday podcast and we'll go back yes. to our Sunday night and our Thursday night podcast because there's just going to be a lot of stuff starting to happen, a lot of chips falling into place. And that's going to be really fun to sit down and, and talk about all those things as they're occurring. Yes. Back to it full time. I'm excited. Yes, yes sir. It was <laughs> hey, nice to take a little break, but it wasn't at all. So as yeah. I mentioned at the top exactly. of the pod, remember as always to follow us on Twitter at Suns Jam. Make sure that you're following. Uh, the pod on YouTube. You know, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. We appreciate it. Follow us wherever you're getting your your podcast on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. Uh, and you know, have a beer. Have a beer too. Just make sure that you're not listening to this podcast at work and having a beer. Uh, we had one of those at work this week. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Reasonable suspicion. Uh oh, fired. Not a good time for it. Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsies. Uh, but we're gonna. This is gonna be really fun. Uh, we're gonna have Suns Geek on the show. He's somebody that is a Suns vlogger. He does fantastic work on his YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter as well. Uh, a guy that I know that we've met before, and he actually kind of inspired the pod to start. So really excited to have him on. Right. Oh yeah, very, very, very excited. I was. Every time we do this pod, like every other time, I always think about the first time we met Suns Geek and how that, all that happened and the season it, that happened with last season. Mm-hmm. I just I think about that all the time, man. And it's it's really great to finally have him on, especially after last time his shoulder popped out. Couldn't make it, but he's here. He's a trooper. Yeah, we, we're going to have to ask about that story. So yeah, first, as per usual, we got to pop open a beer. I got a very generic Bud Light. Light. So we'll, we'll pop the beers. We'll drop the beat. And we'll talk Phoenix Suns. So as we mentioned, we're honored to have our first guest actually on the live stream. We've had guests on the actual podcast itself before, but let's go ahead and let's welcome in the Suns Jam Session first ever live stream guest, Mr. Suns Geek. Brandon, how are you doing today, man? I am fantastic, you guys. Thank you so much. Awesome intro. I mean, the fact that you guys said that I was a big inspiration to your podcast. That makes me feel more famous than I really am. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited. Cheers. Cheers yes. to you guys. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. What, what, what are you <laughs> drinking there? What is that? Man, I'm feeling like gold because I'm on this podcast today. So I got a Mickable Ultra Gold. It's like organic or something. <laughs> Tastes interesting. <laughs> Michelob 
ultra pure gold. Pure gold. I'm that's feeling like gold. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, how's the shoulder feeling? I see you got a strap on, <laughs> yep. uh, which didn't sound appropriate. Um, you got a strap over your shoulder. Uh, what what happened to the shoulder a couple weeks ago? You were supposed to be on the pod oh, a couple man. weeks ago, and then you you know you text me first thing that morning. You're like, dude, accident happened. What happened, bro? Man, I'm so embarrassed like that. And as you know, I was so embarrassed and I apologize and all that. Yeah, October 7th, we were supposed to do this podcast. And then all of a sudden I woke up in the morning and I felt this crack in my arm. I originally had hurt my shoulder in 2016 playing basketball. I was trying to make the NBA, you know, and um, I don't know. I just, I just, I guess I was sleeping awkwardly or maybe I just moved a bad way. My shoulder just cracked and I just, it was severe pain. Had to call the paramedics. Oh, it's it was oh, a nightmare. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's why I couldn't be on the podcast. <laughs> what's the what's the diagnosis? Um, well, you don't know. I mean, I went four years without anything happening, so I guess that's a positive. But I feel like this is something I'm gonna have to deal with for many, many years, unfortunately. Oh. Well, we're sorry to hear that, but we're super excited that you made it to the pod. Uh, I know Appreciate that you are now officially not a prospect for the <laughs> Phoenix Suns in this right. draft. But you're 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 one of the few that we don't we haven't been uh, we don't have to cover for the next month as we prep right. for the, the NBA draft. Uh, you know, but I guess you know before we get into all the offseason speculation, and we know there's plenty to ponder. We've been talking about it on the podcast for a while. You've been doing some of your uh, vlogs on YouTube as well, going over some of the different prospects and things of that. Uh, I'm not so sure how many of our listeners know who you are. I mean, I know you have. 2.5k subscribers on youtube and you're trying to hit that 3k before the yep. end of the year right that's my goal yeah 3,000 subscribers if you guys haven't already subscribe to sun's geek i'd really really appreciate it fantastic well let's let's get to know you a little bit you know w when did you become a suns fan and why man i just loved basketball for as long as i can remember and it's funny because the first sport i ever played was soccer but I just ended up loving basketball, you know, probably like a lot of us, you know, we grew up watching the Barkley era, you know, 1990s basketball, arguably one of the best decades in basketball ever, if not the best, you know, I grew up watching the Phoenix Suns. A lot of my family was from Phoenix. So I just love, I just fell in love with basketball and I just, I'm, I'm addicted to the game. I, I've studied a lot of NBA history. I like to talk about like the vintage NBA players, as you can see on my wall yeah. here, yeah. vintage yeah. Suns players, you know, that's how, that's how in love I am with the game, especially with the Phoenix Suns. You know, I've studied the legends and I just love basketball, man. Dude, that's so awesome. I mean, what sucks for me is I missed out in the nineties mostly right. because I was a little bit younger, but who is your favorite player? Would it be Charles Barkley from the 90s? Would it be maybe Steve Nash? Who Who is your favorite player from the Suns? You know, this question is always so hard for it's me. It's difficult, to isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult. I'm sure it's difficult for you guys, too. I don't know if I have a favorite. I mean, everybody loves Steve Nash. Everybody loves Charles Barkley. You know, the OGs love Alvin Adams, you know. But, you know, I love Barbosa back in the day, Kevin Johnson, oh, wow. yeah. Sean Marion, like, you name it. Um, you know, I feel like a few legends don't get talked about enough. Like Dick Van Arsdale never gets talked about enough. Um, Connie Hawkins in his day, uh, Thunder Dan, Tom Chambers. Like there's just so many, I don't know if I really have a favorite, but I would probably say Steve Nash. I mean, we all know why Steve Nash mm -hmm. is awesome. Yes. The newest head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Yeah, see, you you went through all those guys. You didn't mention my guy, Sean Marion. Man, I'm, for some reason, like I'm a huge Sean Marion fan. I love I loved his versatility, his defense. You know, kind of his energy. Obviously, the way that he left Phoenix at the back end of his career wasn't optimal for the team. But I mean, that doesn't take away from uh, who he was. But I mean, there is no Sean Marion without Steve Nash. So I mean, I know that that's Matthew's favorite and and Brandon. I mean, I I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sean Marion, he was a fantastic player, man. De yeah. Definitely did not deserve or didn't didn't get the credit that he deserved when he was in Phoenix. Phoenix Suns legend. They need to put him in the ring of honor already. Amen, already. Yeah, he, he will definitely eventually, man. Yeah. I, I believe so. Yeah. So, you know, one of the reasons that we started live streaming is I reached out to you and I reached out to uh, Espo as well. And I was just like, hey, how do you guys do in these live streams? How are you doing your vlogs? You know, I wanted to kind of understand the technological side of it. So, you know, I'll say right here, right now, thank you for the assistance you provided. You know, you're the one who turned us on to kind of how to do this process and hopefully we're right. doing okay. Uh, yes. But yeah, I guess, you know, when did you start vlogging about the Phoenix Suns and what inspired you to do so? 
Well, first off, let me just say I've watched, you know, as many shows as I can remember from you guys. You guys do an excellent job. And in terms of the live streams, I think you guys do a better job than I do. That's how, you know, pro professional you guys are. Keep up the great work. You know, <laughs> I just do it while I'm drinking, man. I just right? you know, figured it out. <laughs> Same here. Cheers to that. Um, you know, to be honest, my YouTube journey, it's been an interesting one because my channel launched like in late 2010. And I would just film these stupid little vlogs, these cringy vlogs, kind of like I do nowadays. But um, And then eventually, around 2014, early 2015, I remember watching a Phoenix Suns versus New York Knicks game in which they actually lost in overtime. And I remember I was just sitting on my couch with my dog, and I was just like, I'm going to talk about this game. There was no edits. The lighting mm -hmm. was horrible. The microphone was – the quality was terrible. And then it just kind of took off from there. I started talking about more Phoenix Suns games. Then that led into like Phoenix Suns news and et cetera, et cetera. And even now it's, it's still growing. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm on the road to 5,000 subscribers and I don't ever want to stop. And I just love what I do. And I, I guess that's kind of when it all started. And in a way, my, my channel's always kind of been based around the Suns, even if it was just me filming a stupid little vlog. I would always try to talk about the Suns in those vlogs. Yeah, honestly, everyone that does this, they start out crappy. Like yeah. we did. We were terrible. I will never go back <laughs> and listen to our first 50 episodes. I don't even listen to our last episodes. They are right. Yeah, the Suns Report. There it is. Yeah. Solar was, Report. Yeah, right. Solar <laughs> Report. Right. Suns Report. And then, I mean, we started off in the garage just doing it. And, well, we were podcasting in the garage. But, honestly – everyone doesn't realize like if you're just consistent with it, it builds. And like, yep. just like you said, like if you keep doing it over and over, people mm -hmm. will follow, it gets better and better. And a lot of people give up, but I'm so glad you didn't. But do you have like a favorite blog that you created out of all of them? Is there one that like you can think of maybe that was your favorite? Yeah. First off, let me just say, I a hundred percent agree with you. If you, if anybody out there is a content creator or a podcaster or a YouTuber, whatever you do, just keep doing it. Just start, pump out content, upload those stupid videos. They're going to be cheesy. They're going to be corny, but just yeah. do it. And I feel like the basketball community is growing, by the way. And I feel like that's a really good thing on YouTube. You know, I love all the NBA podcasts out there, especially the Suns podcast. But off the top of my head, if I had to think of a couple recent vlogs that were like my all-time favorites – I, I don't know if you guys were able to attend this, but the Suns had a uh, open practice in 2019 and I filmed like all of it <laughs> and it's like a nine minute vlog. So I say that's probably one of my favorite ones. I've um, seen that one. Yeah. And, and it's kind of one of my more popular ones too. Uh, but then also recently uh, I talked about Cam Johnson and his uh, potential as a solid defender. And for some reason that video, especially with the likes Everybody loves that video. And it's not like my most popular video in terms of views, but it's I was just in my zone with that video. I'd say that's probably one of my favorites. That's awesome. And I think, you know, I'll, I'll echo what you two both said is the fact that positivity is everything. Yep. You know, I mean, Amen. we are we are we are positive people. We're just having a good time doing this. Thankfully, other people are willing to listen and to watch. <laughs> you right. know, we we appreciate it. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's been nothing but absolute fun doing these kind of things. You know, I, I've told the story on here a couple times, but Matthew and I went to a game at the beginning of last season. Uh, you actually were right next to us. Matthew had like <laughs> his son's jersey on and he had taken uh, duct tape and put Sarich over Jackson, Josh. Yeah, Jackson's name I, was that. Well, I yeah, have yeah. that picture still on my phone. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> Let's so, go. Yeah, and you had like a card and you're you know, I and I, I kept your card. I was like, I you know, vlogging about the Suns. I'm like, Matthew and I've talked about like doing a podcast in the past. We're like, why the fuck not, man? You know, I mean, I saw you, you're out there doing it. I followed you on Twitter, I started watching your vlogs. I was like, dude, this guy gets it, man. He's having a good time doing it, and that's what it's all about, man. I mean, there's a lot of different content out there, and we we, we just try to have fun and, and have a good time, and it's it's been uh it's been a good time doing it. And you know, again, I I I don't want to make this sound like it's a dick sucking thing, but like, you know, I, thank you. I know we're all like, Hey, thanks for coming on and kissing our ass. We'll kiss your ass. You know, no, I don't want it to be any of that, but I mean, at the same time, like, you know, again, positivity breeds positivity. So we appreciate that. Uh, as we veer the conversation more towards the Suns and what's going on right now, I guess the first question I'm going to drop your way is who's your favorite member of the Phoenix Suns right now. 
You know, everyone loves to say Devin Booker, and don't get me wrong, we all love Devin Booker, but right now, and we're going to segue into this later, but I'm going to say Kelly Oubre Jr., Mr. Valley Boy himself. I love Kelly Oubre. I got a secret man crush on the guy. And again, we're going to talk about Oubre a little bit later in this podcast, but uh, yeah, I got to say Kelly Oubre, man. He's awesome. Uh, Yeah, you can't argue with that. Like on the court i mean just hustles out of his mind plus when you see pictures of him just pop up in the off season it's like oh this guy is beautiful how can you hate this guy plus he he's just every year he's just increasing his stats he's improving all over the place so he's an easy fan favorite and it is funny you brought up devin booker i feel like do you feel like you see more kelly Oubre jerseys then you do booker jerseys if you go to games like i feel like i don't see a whole lot of booker jerseys maybe this next year there, we might see a lot because of the all-star game and the, how how good he played in the bubble. But besides that, I feel like I don't see a whole lot. Like who, what jersey do you see the most of? It's funny you say that. And I get why you're saying that because I feel like I've been to enough games in order to witness that. But I remember I was actually talking to a photographer one time and he was like, you don't have an Ubre jersey on? Damn. He's like, everyone's got a Booker jersey on. <laughs> so I'd probably say Booker. But yeah, I mean, Kelly Ubre, he's, he's definitely made his stamp since he's been here. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there were a lot of Kelly Oubre jerseys out there, but I've honestly seen a lot of Booker ones, to be honest. Well, the, the Booker ones, that's the one all the kids are wearing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you go to the, you yeah. go to the stadium, you know, when you could go to the stadium. Right. And all, all the 12-year-olds and under, I mean, that's the jersey they have because that's the one guy who – And the girls. <laughs> yes, and, and the girls, everybody. Every every kid under yeah. 12 is seriously has that – on for a couple reasons. One, that's the one that the parents are buying. Two, it's uh, the one that's, you know, they don't have a lot of kid-sized Kelly Oubre jerseys. I'm yeah, assuming, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, and then three, I mean, that's the one who gets all the highlights. And of course, anybody yeah. who's got a highlight, that's who the kids are going to. And I feel like they'll recognize his face more than they would recognize Kelly Oubre's face, even though these kids are all on social media and stuff like they, they know Booker over Oubre. Well, if they're on social media, they see plenty of Kelly Uber and what he's doing. And <laughs> right. you know, yeah. we, we got we got Romp 2.0 in the chat hey. saying Uber is is sexy. Yeah, we we know we know. That's it's my boy, official <laughs> Romp right there. Shameless plug, but he's a YouTuber as well. He does great content. Hell official yeah! Romp Thanks for hanging out with right us, there. brother. He's a good dude. It. So we're getting ready to go into the NBA draft. There's a bunch of different things that Matthew and I have been talking about. You know, kind of forever on the pod, and it's it's. I'd, I'd like to get kind of your point of view on this. You know, you're somebody who studies the film. You're somebody who is looking at a lot of the draft picks and you're getting your, you're developing your own opinions. And, you know, one thing that Matthew and I do when we podcast all the time together is we start to kind of sway each other's opinions, if you will, or unless it's about LeBron. And I guess the first (laughs) question I got for you is where do you think right now the Suns are at their weakest? Like roster wise. I would probably say bench scoring. And the reason I say that is even though we were an improved team, you know, from the past few years, and I know that we had the amazing 8-0 bubble run, there were times this season and in the bubble, in my opinion anyways, that it felt like it was just Devin Booker out there in terms of scoring. And I just feel like we could just use a little bit more bench scoring. You know, I don't exactly know who that is or how we're going to go about that. I feel like bench scoring. And again, we obviously were a a more improved team than last year in the past few years, which is awesome to see. It's all uphill from here, in my opinion. And then I think a little bit rebounding. We weren't the worst rebounding team in the league, but we're kind of middle in the pack. I think we might've been 15th like in rebounding this year, but you know, rebounds, you know, they cause more possessions. It's, Second chance points. It's like, I feel like we could have been a better rebounding team, per my opinion. Yeah, that's perfect. I remember back in the day in the Nash era, we couldn't rebound worth a shit. Like, seriously, that was the most frustrating thing ever. So, anything after that, I think we've drastically improved uh, with rebounding. But the bench scoring thing, I feel like on paper, I feel like we might look okay for scoring, but it's hard to tell. Like, Saric is such a better, he's a better bench player he comes off the bench he can score he can hustle do as long as he falls into that role and he wants to exactly cam johnson you can look at like he he'll be a fantastic scorer so it's it's hard when i think about it next season it's like which one of these players will step up and be the bench guy but then which one which ones are the ones that want to be the starter they want to start or else they won't play good you know what i mean like you have those players that can only score when they come off the bench or else when they start. So I feel like we'll figure that out next season with a lot of the young talent that we do have. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And then, you know, every team has this, but you'll have your occasional Javon Carter goes off for 20 points or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But again, that's yeah. not an It normally happens team. against the Suns. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you but know, it's some, like, some scrub off the bench goes off for 27 against us. Like, who's this guy? Yeah. And, you know, we call them Suns killers, and there's a lot of them out there. Oh, yeah. But, you yeah. know, that's just kind of my point. It's like, I just feel like we need a little bit more bench scoring. That's That's my opinion. Yep. Oh, and I think that's a valid point, especially when it comes from the guard play. Yeah. Because I, I feel like when Booker's off the court, you don't know where those points are necessarily coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, with Cam Johnson's development, with Sarge embracing coming off the bench in the bubble, you saw more scoring when he left the court. But if he's leaving, you doesn't you don't know where it's coming from from a guard standpoint. You know, to your point, Brandon, you're like, okay, yeah, Javon Carter sometimes. Yeah. You know, Cameron Payne in the bubble sometimes. Yep. But, you know, so as, as we sit there and we start to look at the NBA draft, you're starting to go, okay, where, where are our weaknesses? I think bench is obviously, you know, the area that we need to address. It's right. okay. Now do we, be, uh, you know, is it the, the, the guards coming off the bench? Are we looking for depth behind Aiton? I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many different ways that you can really approach this draft. How, how do you think the Suns should address the weaknesses via this draft? Oh, man, let me just say this. Feel free to cut me off at any point. But I'm actually very fickle about this draft, but I'm also very optimistic about this draft because, yeah, it is a weak draft class. It's loaded with point guards. This will probably be a draft in like three to four short years where we'll say it's a bunch of role players. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I am so optimistic about this draft class. The way that I've been doing my videos and searching and doing my homework about this draft class is focus on their strengths. Because, like, every player has weaknesses. So show me what these guys can do. I don't care about yeah. what they can't do. That's me personally. And I feel like maybe I more. That. Yeah, I feel like maybe more content creators and NBA YouTubers need to kind of do that. Because it's easy to say that certain players can't shoot or they can't dribble or they can't rebound. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I'm just – I'm overly optimistic about it. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. One more time. Can you repeat the question? Like, who do you – think the or or like how do you feel we should address that weakness on the bench should we be looking at the the wings that are in this draft are you more inspired by the guards that are in this draft I mean who's kind of catching your eye at this point and that you think will actually address the weakness of bench depth that you that you referenced earlier yeah I mean there's tons of prospects out there I mean I know that Tyrese Maxey's a really good scorer um you know I, I kind of fell in love with somebody who I highly doubt the Suns will pick. I doubt that he'll – I mean, he'll. the Suns will have already drafted by the time that this guy probably gets selected. But Tyrell Terry can shoot lights out. He's from Stanford. I think that okay. he put up the second most amount of Stanford points in their school's history, like ever, since like 1987 or something like that. Um, but honestly, do you really go with what's best available – or do you draft off maybe the Suns need a backup point guard? Or again, like with bench scoring, do the Suns focus on a backup point guard for bench scoring? I, I honestly don't know. There's so many options this year, but that's what gets me so excited and optimistic is, again, even though this is a weak draft class, I think the Suns landed in a very interesting spot at number 10 because yeah, this, yeah. I, I'm, I'm so excited. I just I don't I don't really I don't really know how to answer that, but yeah, yeah if, if teams really have an appetite for like a certain player, then they'll go after it. They'll reach out to the Suns for a trade. So yeah. you're basically saying, I mean, Obi Toppin might go maybe number one. And if right. any other draft that's a good draft, he might go number four or five if there's like a top three. I, I just feel like he's not really a number one pick. He's a great, he'll probably be a good player, but right. for him to be maybe going number one, that's crazy. So yeah, basically you're crazy. saying, you would you just trade the pick? I mean, that's what we've been saying or what I've been saying. I think we've both been saying it, you know, this yeah. whole off season. And even last season, we've been saying, just trade the pick, get someone that can help us right now. But right. maybe there is someone in this draft that can help us right away. We just yeah. don't know yet. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just say this again. I'm very fickle with this draft. I'm very optimistic, as I said, but at the, at the start of the year before the bubble, I was like, trade the pick. We don't need it. We don't need to develop any more young talent. But then, you know, we saw what happened in the bubble. And I, I dove a little bit deeper into this draft class. And even James Jones said, you know, we're going to take a look at it. We're going to look at the draft. We're going to look at the draft tape. I would, And I know this is kind of like a recent trend, but I would be, I'd be down for trading down. Maybe even receiving somehow a second round pick. Which, I like that. 
Second round picks are kind of like gold, in my opinion. I think teams are really holding on to them, but due to the circumstances of the pandemic and everything going on in the NBA, I think that this might be one of the most active draft days we've ever seen. I really feel like a lot of teams are going to be picking up the phones. Um, Cause again, like the Timberwolves picking number one, they could trade that the Warriors don't need the second round pick. And that was kind of what I was saying earlier. I'm glad that the Suns got the 10th pick, but like they could trade down and get somebody solid at like 15 or 17, maybe in the, maybe even in the second round. That's that's what I think. No, I'm with you. And I know that, you know, Desmond Bain is somebody who's been on our radar recently because he's the perfect kind of trade down candidate. And I think what's interesting about this draft is, you know, because there's so much that we don't know, right? It's it, it makes it almost like a James Jones draft. You know, he's yep. a specialist guy. He wants to get that that guy who does one thing in an elite level, a la Cam Johnson, a la, you know, from a floor vision standpoint, a Tyrone, jo- uh, 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 Ty Jerome, yep. you know, guys who, you know, he was a second round pick. But if you're trading back, you know, the, the beauty of it is you're also saving money there, too. So right. if, you, if, if you're spending, you know, I think the uh, 10th round pick or a 10th overall pick is about four million a year. You know, if you're trading down and you're getting the Desmond Baines, or you're getting the Tyrell Terry's, yep. you know, you, you can save some money at the same time. You can bring in a guy who can essentially uh, provide some assistance to the team right away. I feel some of these guys. You know they're gonna they're gonna be more than just developmental project projects. You know it's not like you're bringing in a wing because and this is where I keep going back and forth. You know the so, wings yeah. in this draft are very appealing. You know yeah. I'm very big on Devin Vassell. I really like Aaron Nesmith as well. Isaac Okoro. Yeah, Isaac Okoro, another great you know wing guy who. But you know the last two that I mentioned are more project guys. They're yeah. not guys who are necessarily plug and play coming in and spelling you know your three and your four right away. You know they're going to be guys who are going to be getting ten minutes at a time right. as they kind of develop their skill set, learn what the NBA life is like. Whereas some of these guards, I feel like, have a little bit more of a skill set, and due to the nature in which they play, they'll actually translate to the NBA better. Now, again, I'm not a professional scout. This is just me looking at hours and hours of footage, you know, right. because that's all we've had to do forever. But right. these are guys who, you know, and, and Raymond Gonzalez said in the, tra- in the chat, you know, Kira Lewis, there's another guy right. who is just a speedster. There, I mean, the guy's insane athletic. I recently talked about him in a video too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and he's somebody who just like could really – so tell me what you like about Kira Lewis. I mean, Kira Lewis, I mean, obviously he's very, very fast, but I think the dude can score, and he's, he's growing his half-court passing game. He's got good size. I feel like a lot of these prospects have good size, and that's one thing I'm really big on is good size. I feel like if he goes to a defensive-minded team or a defensive-minded coach, that he could grow his ability to become a good defender. And then you mentioned somebody who I failed to mention earlier in my little rant that I went on is Aaron Neesmith. I love this guy. I have a video coming out about him soon. He's another player that I think could turn into another solid defensive prospect. He's got the body for a current wing player. I think you could, if if the Suns drafted him, he'd be ready to go like that. He is a great player and the dude can score. That's, that's what we're looking for. You know, we talked about it, you know, what, what you feel our weaknesses are. It's scoring from the bench. You know, it's not necessarily, defense right i mean nobody plays defense anymore as matthew <laughs> likes to remind right. me all the time so you need somebody who can fill up the bucket you know i think that both of all those guys can you right. know so i guess uh after we, we've named all these different prospects mm-hmm. after you've mowed through all of the footage and you you've been making videos who's who's your favorite prospect this year that's, that's so hard loaded, for me to loaded question, man. man. Loaded question. Yeah. yeah. You haven't mentioned LaMelo Ball. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that there will be a couple of all-stars in this draft, and it could be LaMelo. Yeah. I don't know if I have a favorite prospect. At first, I was in love with Isaac Okoro. Mm-hmm. And then my boy, Romp 2.0, got me into Devin Vassell, who I think is going to be yeah. a great player, yep. a very talented player. But, you know, Tyrese Halliburton's a fantastic passer yeah. with great size. Killian um, Hayes. <laughs> yeah, Killian Hayes. You know, somebody that I don't think too many Suns fans are talking about. Patrick Williams could be like a do-it-all guy. Yep. And that's kind of like a sleeper pick. I sort of touched on him in past videos. You know, Tyrell Terry, again, the dude could score. Steph Curry-ish. Trey Young-ish is Tyrell Terry, in my opinion. Desmond Bain came out of nowhere. Like, I was yeah. surprised when I saw all those reports about Desmond Bain. And then I dove into him. He's got a great story. You know, 
one of the TCU's best players ever. The dude can score. He is big dude too. So he's got the size. Yeah. So and I know I know I'm kind of avoiding the question. I don't really have a favorite spot <laughs> in the draft. You're gonna be um, on a are, are you yeah. gonna be working the debate on Thursday? You sound like one of the presidential candidates, like so what is your idea of, of the tax plan? Well, yeah. you know, I know taxes. Taxes are my thing. You know, right. you're just completely avoiding the question. You're a pro. I'll give you that, Suns Geek. Yeah, you like, are. You're a pro. You know, Thank but you. I, I also think that, you know, with all these different prospects that are going to be out there, I mean, it's just going to be so many different options. We don't know what they're going to do. And here's the other thing, you know, kind of touching in the Desmond Bain vein, which, yeah, I'm, I'm a poet and I don't know it. It's you're going to start to see a lot of these reports now, you know, yeah. as the 18th of November gets closer and closer, you're going to see more of so-and-so worked out with this team. This team's high. Right. Anytime anybody works out with the Phoenix suns, we're going to hear about it. We're going to start thinking that that's it. And that's what's supposed to happen is you're supposed to go through and do the workouts with the teams. Yeah. But at the same time, prospects like Desmond Bain are trying to push their own narrative. They're trying to raise their draft stock. He's visited with 28 other teams. So if he's right. over in Phoenix saying, Hey, I had a really good meeting with James Jones. We talked a lot and we agreed to a lot of things. Well, you know, maybe a team like the trailblazers who is like, okay, we can pick him at 2021. Oh, we might have to move up to try to get him because Phoenix is really interested. So you're really going to see a lot of this, you know, fake news and all that stuff coming up. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And then I think also due to the circumstances that we're currently in, you know, there, there's two ways to look at it. Kind of like how you said that these guys are trying to build their stock and their draft up. But also I'm kind of excited because these guys have had months off. So hopefully you would expect that they've been working on their game. They've been working on their weaknesses, which is another reason to build their, you know, stock up. And I feel like the week of the draft, there's going to be just rumors flying. We're both going to have so much to talk about. Oh yeah. Content then, central. That yeah, It's going to be insane. And like, I feel like that happens every year, but this year, especially due to everything that's going on. Yeah, you have yeah, no I, idea what's going to happen. Yeah. I think the, the draft, too. I think when the draft starts, there's going to be guys falling off the board. I think the Suns really just have like a group of guys they really like. Yeah. And depending who they interview, who they talk to, it, it'll adjust. But I feel like when they get to number nine, when they get to number eight, I, f I think teams really know who is going to be chosen before them. So once it gets to that point, they'll be like, you know what? Like Desmond Bain, like I love this guy. He'll probably be picked at maybe 15 or 16. If we can trade right. back, that'd be perfect. And I honestly think that he's going to be a son. It just seems yeah. like he's a great fit. But also, too, I don't know if the Suns will actually take a pick. I am just going to say trade a pick. <laughs> yeah, and again, that's where I said. At first, I was like, trade Please, this pick. Trade it. We don't need Because we're so undecided here. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? We can't decide on any of these guys. Before, yeah. it was like Josh Jackson or nothing, right? Yeah. It's like, you want Josh Jackson or nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's kind of where I feel like this draft is unique. And I, lots of, like, haters will say, oh, this draft class is trash and it's weak. But I feel like it's yeah. just a very unique draft class because it is. role players win championships. So Amen. if these guys are a bunch of role players, give them to me. I'll take yeah. them all. Yeah, in ten, you year, in you 10 years, they won a championship. Yeah. yeah. You got to wait 10 years for them to develop and yeah. then, you know, punch some guy because they're like trying to break into your car and then you win a championship. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, man. J.R. Smith. <laughs> oh, J.R. Smith. Okay. Okay. I forgot he broke into a car. Okay. He didn't Marque into car. Uh, what, what about Markeith Morris? He won a championship too. God damn it. Um, so, so, well, all right. So qu a question for you, Matthew. I mean, yeah, I know that I know Suns Geek totally avoided the question. Who's your favorite <laughs> prospect in this draft? It's Devin Fasal. Fasal, Fasal. That okay. that guy, I mean, he pops off whenever I whenever I watch him, he pops off the screen and I think he's just someone that can instantly help his sons. He's NBA ready. Uh, I don't think the sons are going to get him. I think it's going to be right. someone like we were speaking about Baines before. Our Bane, he's probably going to be a son, but I'm going to go Fasal. That's just the guy I want and have wanted the last 2 months, so I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to change my mind on it until draft night when I actually look at these players more and then I'll be like, "You know what? I, I want this guy." It's going to change. <laughs> it's going to change a lot. Yeah, that night. So. And I'll I'll say Who are you here, gonna I I'm going to go with Obi Toppin. I mean, I know it's yeah, a cop-out pick. Should. I've been high on Obi Toppin since about January. 
He's somebody who I, you know, again, the Suns have no chance at him. He's uh, going to go in the top four is my guess, unless the Suns do something crazy and trade into that pick, which I really don't want them to do unless like they pull off some amazing type of trade where we're not giving up too many assets. You know, don't give up Kelly Oubre to get Obi Toppin. That's what I'm right? pretty much saying. You know, uh, Devin Vassell, though, I completely agree. I mean, he's like Mikel Bridges 2.0 with a little bit of more offense. So um, that's that's where I stand. Write it down. 10, 21, 20, 20. Those are our picks of our favorite people. Will it happen? Who care. fucking knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough, enough about the draft. Um, let's get into the great Kelly debate. This is something that we've been talking about. All of Suns Nation has been talking about for quite some time now. You know, is Kelly Oubre expendable? If he is, what do you, what can you get for him? No, he's not expendable. You got to hold on to him. You got to make it to where he's uh, wants to stay here and sign another deal next year, perhaps at a discount, you know, things of that nature. You said he's your favorite son right now, Suns Geek. Where do you stand on the great T Kelly debate? I don't want to trade him at all. You know, I've been very, very big on that, especially when these topics and rumors first started coming up, like, should the Suns trade Kelly Oubre and blah, 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 blah. Like, no, I've been 100% do not trade this guy. Unfortunately, though, financially, it might make sense. He's only got one year left on his deal, $14.3 I think, is his contract. But the guy yep. has just done so much for the Phoenix Suns. And the dude, I feel like he's kind of overlooked. I feel like the Suns went into the bubble. They had the incredible run that they had. And everyone forgot about Kelly Oubre putting up nearly 20 points per game, being a pretty good rebounder, learning defense, and being becoming a pretty decent defender. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. if we're paying a guy $14.3 million and he wants to be in Phoenix – he praises the Phoenix Suns. He invented the Valley Boys. He's Mr. Yeah. Valley Boy himself. He changed the culture in Phoenix to an exciting culture, not like a, oh, they trade all their players and fire their head coaches and players want out. I feel like that doesn't really exist anymore for the Phoenix Suns. And I feel yeah. like Kelly Oubre is a big part of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. And honestly – with Kelly Oubre, he is a team, I think. And when we talk about Kelly, it's mostly just involved in trades. So if a trade right. comes up, a trade idea, it's like you have to throw in Kelly because there's no one really else that you can throw in. You don't want to give up Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, really. Well, and the money Ke makes sense. It, yeah. It, yeah, and it makes sense. And yep. he's the guy to put in there for the trade. But I, yeah, I want him back too. Yeah. To, you know, and I want him to to run this back with the Suns, with the added depth. I want them just to add the depth to the bench have this team run it back next year, see how it goes, because you can't go wrong with having Kelly come back. And like you mentioned with the bubble, they went 8-0, but a lot of those games too, they played against just the bench guys. A lot of the second yeah. halves were just against the bench. This is when you're going to need Kelly to add that depth, and then hopefully someone in the draft or free agency we can get. That'd be perfect, but uh, very sexy guy. So it, it's hard to like <laughs> let that guy go. Him and Booker together, man, they just... Yeah. Sexiest duo in the in the NBA, right? Who tops yep. that? Dynamic duo. You can't man. top that, right? Kelly Oubre is one of the tattoo kings, and he's just, yeah, he's Kelly Oubre, man. That's all you gotta say. Yeah, Kelly Oubre. Well, so I I got this question. You know, would it be detrimental to the Suns to trade Kelly Oubre in this context? You know, we, we'd have a hard time with culture here. We don't get free agents who want to come here. And then we get a free agent who wants to come here, and what do they do? What do the Suns do? They they trade them like the next off season to make money for you know somebody else. Is that a is, is that a good strategy? No, I don't think it is. And I think the Suns are kicking themselves for some of the past moves that they've done. Goran Dragic maybe for an ex for an example. Um, I don't think it is. You know, but. Again, the more I kind of dive into it, I'm like, yeah, financially it might make sense, you know, the expiring contract and everything. But I guarantee you James Jones and Jeff Bauer and the Suns management team, I'm sure they thought about it, but they'll never go public with it ever. Yeah, I don't think so either. But how yeah. much do you believe in like with the uh, contracts and all that? Mm -hmm. What I keep hearing is, you know, going into next offseason, there's there's better free agent targets. Of course right. there is Giannis and all that, but I feel like contracts don't matter anymore. And I feel like when you right. go into next off season, like you can have, you can build your team up this off season and the next off season, who knows if those guys are still going to be there. Who knows right. if they even want to come to the sun. So do you believe like the Suns should really attack this off season just to add, spend the money, not too much, not to like overpay anybody, but do you think they should spend what they have just to add that depth that we've been talking about? It's a little tricky because, in my opinion, you could be on the, the the page of where 
you know, the Suns could just run it back, maybe make a couple small additions like in the draft, maybe let go of player X. I don't know, but basically just run it back. There is that possibility, but I also think see where you are at the trade deadline. Exactly. That's where I feel like Kelly Oubre's contract comes into play. And even though I don't want to trade him, maybe if things aren't going well, maybe trade him then. And you are right. Contracts. I agree with you. I don't really feel like they matter anymore. And yes, I mean, I guess the way I look at it is get as good as possible right now, because sure, the 21, 2021 draft class or uh, free agency class is going to be better, but get better now. That's, that's how I look. No, at it. I, I agree. We, we yeah. need to get better now. I mean, we're not yeah. sitting there trying to, you know, rope in Giannis or something. We're a team yeah. that's desperate just for to sniff the playoffs. You know, like exactly. I'm dying to get to the first round and get our ass kicked by the number one seed <laughs> at this point. You know, but another thing that's kind of interesting <laughs> is Kelly Oubre, when he does become a free agent next year, with so many great free agents hitting the draft or the free agency market, like we might be able to get a bargain on his contract because no one's going to necessarily want to pay 14, 15 to up to 20 millions on Kelly Oubre when they're trying to save money and they're trying to get, you know, the likes of Kawhi and Giannis. Right. So I think that, you know, we've talked about it and, and, you know, it's, it's a running joke on the podcast, you know, how are we trading Kelly Oubre today? You know, it's because right. the only, the only reason we do, we, we never want to trade Kelly Oubre because we don't like the player, what he's done for this city. It's the same reason. Uh, whereas halfway during last season, you know, we were, trading Tyler Johnson every chance we could because the money made sense. Yeah. And I think that this is a guy who, you know, to, to your point, Brandon, we need, we need to keep him. We need to try to run it back. We need to see what this team has. And guess what? You know, if we are playing like shit next year, we need to get something for him come the trade deadline, whenever that might be. I mean, I think that's the best approach uh, for Kelly Oubre. Well, do you yeah. think that we can actually wait that long though, till the trade deadline? I know it's not that far away once the season starts, but if we do go in a slump, I feel like this team really can't pull themselves out of a slump. I don't see that next year, just like every other year before, if we start out good and then we tend to fall, we don't, we really don't get back up. We have the hardest time, dude. I see with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. Raymond Gonzalez. How about them? Dallas Cowboys are great. But once they, <laughs> Cardinals, once they, Cardinals, yeah, Cardinals. But you just, you see it over and over with this team. So I don't believe in them to actually pick themselves back up with a better addition at the trade deadline. I feel like you just have to do it now. You have to get out of the way and start yeah. building into the next season. Um, but yeah, dude, um, Kelly, if we can just keep this guy and run it back, like I said, it'd be fantastic. You know, you kind of read my mind there, and I normally keep it very optimistic here. But as you guys know, things could happen fast. And yeah, maybe everything the sun's been building just comes crashing down. Yes. I pray to God that, that does not happen. But it's basketball, man. And I hate to say this at the end of the day, it is a business. I hate saying yeah. that, honestly. I know, true. me too. These guys know it. Like they're adults, they know what they're doing. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's de- I, I've kind of said this a couple times too. It's Kelly Oubre's foggy future. And it's true. It's very yeah, foggy. Nice, Nobody can nice. see what's happening. I don't even think Kelly Oubre himself knows what's going to happen, but he's been working on his game in the offseason. And I feel like in a couple of months, we'll, we can maybe touch back on this topic. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's hold on to him. And, yeah. you know, let, let, let's pivot real quick into kind of the, the free agents of 2020. You know, it's not a sexy class. You know, that, that's what's unfortunate about this offseason is two things. One, we've been looking forward to this offseason for like eight months now and had nothing but time to look at draft class people as well as the free agent class. But also, it's both are kind of subpar. You know, everybody's kind of talking about next year, next year's prospects, yeah. next year's free agents. Uh, but is there anybody who you kind of plant your flag on? You know, this is the guy that you really think the Suns could kind of go after. I know that for a fact... Um, I wrote a piece for Bright Side of the Sun yesterday or the day before about Montrez Harrell. Nobody agreed with me. I'm like, hey, I just I like the guy. I don't think the money would work, but he's somebody who I like. Is there anybody who you just you know, f- first off, blindly like without reason? You know, you might we not might not necessarily have the ability to get him here. And second, who do you think this who the Suns could actually uh, target and would be a part of the team? Anthony Davis and Brandon Ingram. Bam! No, I love it. Those are great <laughs> answers. Right. I love. I love. I don't like Anthony Davis as much as I like Brandon Ingram, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. But no, first off, I I do, you know, I was looking at the free agency list. There are some solid players that are in this free agency class. If, if contracts weren't involved, I would probably say maybe go get Bogdan Bogdanovich, maybe Montrez Harrell. I have talked about him before on the channel, solid player. I mean, six man of the year this year. Um, 
Davis Bertons or Davis Bertons, however you want to pronounce his name. <laughs> the dude can shoot lights out. I remember I was watching one of your live streams and I commented on him. The dude's a sharp yeah. shooter. He's big. I I probably say one of those guys. You know, and everyone wants to talk about uh, Fred Van Vliet. You know, solid yeah. player, NBA champion, and all that good stuff. But like, I don't see it. I just I don't see it. Yeah, if we were at, if we ended up getting Fred Van Vliet, if he replaced Rubio, like how would that make you feel? Would it just be someone? Because I feel like if we had him, I feel like Rubio would still be here. But if yeah. we like, you know, they would kind of mix it together. That would be great. But how would you feel with Fred Van Vliet? I know you don't see it, but if he were to replace Rubio, would that be terrible? Because <laughs> I, I think it would be. That's the thing, man. If maybe if they were here together, and if the money somehow magically worked in a magical world, yes, but. With everything going on financially, I think yeah. he just costs way too much. I mean, the dude's a solid point guard, but like, is he our quote point guard of the future or even the next couple of years? Yeah. I don't see it happening. Yeah. But again, yeah, I, if he's with Ricky Rubio, hell yeah, give me Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, I heard a good point too on No Dunks Up podcast. They actually were talking about how Fred Van Vliet, like, if he went to New York, you expect him to be the best player, but right. really he he can't be. He can be like your third or fourth best player on a team, I think. But if he were just, just to come to the Suns and have or go to a team like the Knicks and have so much expectations, like I don't think he can live up to that. Right. I think the expectations if he came to Phoenix, I think he could just because he's such a great passer. But besides that, I don't think it's very sexy. But I think honestly, one is it possible to get Olin Depot though? Is that another guy maybe that you might like? Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked about him before. You know, when he when he's healthy, he is one of the best players in the NBA. I don't exactly know how he would fit. You know, maybe you'd have to move Devin Booker to the point guard. Who knows if we would have Ricky Rubio. But those two, I think, would be solid. They would add a lot of scoring. Victor Oladipo would bring in that defense. I feel like he'd kind of bring in that star name. You know what I mean? Because a lot yeah. of these free agents, your casual basketball fan probably barely knows, but I'm sure they know Victor Oladipo. So in a magical world, would I want Victor Oladipo? Yes. Do I see it happening? Probably not. Yeah, that tends to be a, a continuing trend with a lot of these free agents. And I think that, you know, Davis Bertans, it's funny because back in March when the yep. pandemic started and I, you know, I, we st really started to try to build out the future of the Suns, that's kind of where we all gravitated and started. Yeah. So okay, he, he fits the exact needs that we need. We need somebody who can come off the bench, can shoot lights out from three, who's a power forward, who has the size, and now, you know, with all this time, we've talked ourselves into the Fred, the Fred Van Vliet's. We're trying to, you know, plug in Chris Paul, and we're trying to see if Victor Oladipo fits. It's like, you know, at the at the, it's the simplest answer. Davis Bertans is, you know, you said it, and I, it's somebody who I've even forgot about. I've gone so down yeah. the free agent wormhole that I'm trying to get Montrez Harrell on the team, right. who can, who who shot like 18 threes last year and was <laughs> 0 for 18. You know, if we want to ad address the needs that we need. Uh, it's, it's Davis Bertans. It's, is, is yeah. Washington willing to part with him or is he going to garner because it's such a weak free agent class? Is he going to garner so much attention from other teams that he's just out of our price market? You know, the one thing we have going for us is we're one of six teams. that's going to have a lot of cap space, yep. but is he going to, you know, I could see him becoming an Atlanta Hawk. Right. And being productive for that team. And that, you know, that's one of the, they have 44 million in cap space, cap space. We have like 18, you know, if we play our cards right. So, I mean, it's going to be really interesting. We're probably going to get a couple low level guys that, you know, I think Brandon clean on bright side of the sun does a fantastic job of kind yeah. of putting together some guys that are actually attainable. You know, while I'm over here talking about getting Serge Ibaka and Montrez Harrell, right. you know, he's talking about getting backups from Brooklyn and Detroit. I'm like, you know what? He's actually right. Yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> it's tricky, man, because, I, even though I think that Bertans would be a solid fit, I feel like, and I kind of said this earlier, I feel like in a couple of months we could be having a completely different conversation. I feel like we need to see what happens in the draft first because what if the Suns make this insane trade and it opens up more doors for free agents? Again, I don't really know, but I just feel like in a couple of months we're going to look back at this podcast and be like, look how much has changed for the Suns. It's, I, I'm so excited for the offseason. I can't wait. Yeah, I just we got to get to that draft, and then like all yeah. the all the different levers, level levers. Sorry, <laughs> one too many beers today. All the different levers will be pulled, and uh, you know, then some exciting things are going to happen. Yeah, definitely. I'm just so excited. Draft day is like a holiday for me. Yeah, yeah I us too. Wait. Yeah, I can't <laughs> yeah. wait. Man. I'll be definitely drinking a lot of beers on draft yes, day. Yes, sir. We'll have yeah, to we gotta, do a live stream. I think. Yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun to get a bunch you guys of. Know uh, I'm down podcasters and get you in here and just kind of yeah. just do a live stream and you know yeah. see if it 
anybody will actually watch it. Um, that'd be kind of funny. Uh, you guys want to hit a mailbag before we get out of here today? Yeah. Absolutely. Please All right, fantastic. So, you know, first and foremost, for any of you listening, you can always send questions to us, sunsjamsession at gmail.com. You can go to the website, sunsjamsession.com, and you can, you know, fill out a form there. Uh, or you could tweet at us. That's another way to do that. I know that we put out the information today saying that we were going to go ahead and do the podcast. And we got a... Uh, a response from the Vengeance 06. And he said, should the Suns consider trading for DeJounte Murray? He's a young defensive point guard on the Spurs who is on a good contract until 2024. The Spurs have made it clear that everyone on their team is up for a trade. A trade centered around the number 10 pick and maybe Ubre. Uh-oh, we've done it again. We've traded Ubre on a podcast. Uh, should get it done. So I'll let Suns Geek answer first because he's a guest. And then I'll let Matthew go and then I'll finish it off. How about that? You know, I do feel like the Suns did have a decent defensive team prior to the past years. And you talked about it. Nobody plays defense nowadays. Um, But he's been the player I've always liked. And I feel like maybe basketball fans kind of forgot about him, including myself, due to that injury, which is a really hard injury to come back from. And because the Spurs weren't really the Spurs of old. Thank goodness, because now yeah. the Suns are on the rise. But um, he's a good player, and he did have a career year in terms of numbers. He could bring in that defense. He has experience under Greg Popovich, you know. I just don't know how it would work in terms of actually getting him. But, yes, I would take DeJounte Murray. Okay. All right, Matthew, you're up. What are your thoughts on getting DeJounte Murray to the Phoenix Suns? Well, interesting, interesting. This guy, you know, he honestly, I think – the Spurs relied on him a lot last year, and he was someone that you hated to watch because he would just kill you all over the place, I feel like. Um, of course, when you play the Spurs, every player on that team will murder the Suns for some reason, but he was one of them. But honestly, just the way he looks and has his hair, I, I don't know if I can <laughs> deal with that, dude. <laughs> just the look on it. I just You go from Kelly Oubre. If you're talking about getting rid of Kelly Oubre, no. but Ajante Murray. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We go from sexy guard yeah. combo you know, and wing combo with him and, and uh, Booker to DeJounte. No, not going to do it. That's no, always Matthew's. Matthew Matt, literally thinks, Murray was the reason we win a championship and you don't Matthew want doesn't care. Matthew, Matthew won't buy this t-shirt with all their faces <laughs> on it because right? DeJounte Murray's ugly. Matthew thinks all Spurs are like ugly people. So let's, so. Get Matthew, weird look. Yeah. let's get Matthew DeJounte Murray jersey for Christmas. <laughs> yes, done. Everybody pitch in and hopefully it's not a member of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I don't know. For me, the verdict's kind of out what on DeJounte think, Murray. I right, think yeah. that, uh, you know, he's somebody who we it's addressing a need we already have. Right. You know, we've got Javon Carter. We're going to keep campaigning because his contract is ridiculous. It's like yeah. two million next next steal. year. Uh, yeah, it's a steal. So it's like, why would we try to trade Kelly Oubre and the number 10 pick potentially to get somebody who mirrors what we're already doing? You know, I mean, again, that's the ultimate path we're trying to figure out as as fans, as people who watch the Phoenix Suns, you know, as we try to figure out what their needs are. We had the conversation earlier and we still don't know. It's like, do we need to go with the front court? Do we need somebody to back up uh, DeAndre Ayton because Baines is going to be gone? You never can have an, enough wings. So do we need a wing? Do we need bench scoring in the guard format? You know, he's somebody who potentially could do that. He started 58 out of, 58 out of 66 games. Uh, last season for the Spurs, and then 48 out of 81 the year before. So he's definitely somebody who has a lot of starting potential. But I feel like you know his role would have to be someone coming off the bench. Matthew mentioned it earlier. Unless this guy's coming over and buying into the fact that he's going to be in on the bench, if he's a guy who's expecting himself to be a starter and wants to grow in that role, we're not going to be able to assist him in in hitting that role. And he, you know you might not get the best effort for from for, from him and for the team. Yeah, I think it looks like a pretty idea on paper. Yes. The, dude, the, the guy is a gym rat, though. I will say that, but I think that he would expect to start. And under that contract, I would expect to start, too. I just can't see it happening. It would be awesome because he is a solid defensive player, but I don't see it happening. All right, well, we've got one. Dumb trade of the week. Which came in. Via uh, at churchboy127 on Twitter. And he said, try this one out. Okay, so listen to this, guys. The Celtics get the 2020 pick from the Suns, number 10. The Suns get Aaron Gordon, a 21, the 2020 round one pick from the Magic and the Celtics. And the Magic get Kelly Oubre and then a round one pick from the Celtics and a round one pick from the Suns next season. It's hard to follow. I probably should have made a graphic <laughs> for that. Pick. Yeah. 
But essentially <laughs> what we do is we get rid of Kelly Oubre in the number 10 pick and we split that. We go Orlando, you get Kelly Oubre. Celtics, you get our first round pick. In return, we get Aaron Gordon and then two first round picks. I don't know if that's possible. Two first round picks this year or like in the yes. future? Yes. Ooh. I wonder if I could do the old share screen thing on here. Man, I'm not very that- good at this. That would be cool on paper, but that's a lot. And again, like I said earlier, draft picks are like gold. And Aaron Gordon, we we failed to talk about him. I feel like he's always been part of the Suns' trade rumors and all that. I feel like they've kind of died down, though. I don't know. That's tricky, man. That would be a tough trade. There you go. There it is right there. For those of you who are watching on our live stream, that's what it is. Yeah, that's That's a lot. Yeah, I don't understand that. And um, confusing. I yeah, appreciate I, it, I though. It. I appreciate uh, yeah. Church Boy 127 for bringing us to that, but I just don't know if it's possible, man. I mean, it's yeah. too many first-round picks this year and next year. I think that next year's first round is going to be something that is very sexy to a lot of different uh, franchises because you are going to get high school players going to have the ability to come back and kind of play. Awesome. You know, So, I mean, next year's draft is kind of giving up those assets. I don't know if a lot of people are actually going to do that. I will say this, though. The Celtics have a whole bunch of picks this year. True. And I feel like they're going to be picking up their phones and trading them all because they don't need any picks. They just no, they don't build some more assets, trade away all those picks. The Sixers have a lot of picks this year too. Yeah, yeah Celtics are definitely a team that's building for next year, so yeah. um, they really have a chance there. They have a window, so they're going to trade all those picks. Because I don't, I don't give if our team's good next year, I would trade all our picks. I don't give a shit. If yeah. you can add a player that can come in and improve the team right away that'd be great um but the aaron gordon thing like i don't know we talk about on the podcast a lot but how do you feel like aaron gordon over kelly Oubre? like i would rather have (laughs) kelly Oubre now so i mean it's just like it's i would never do that i just i wouldn't i will say this i feel like aaron gordon is probably one of those players and i guess a lot of orlando magic players are kind of trapped because they don't really probably get enough media attention yeah, that's social media attention so maybe if aaron gordon had a uh, change of scenery maybe he'd become a better player and sometimes like we yeah. saw it with kelly Oubre, comes to the phoenix suns completely dominates and maybe that's what could happen with aaron gordon or nikola vucevic or they got tons of players over there who i feel like they're kind of trapped <laughs> yeah without a they oh, really do are they trapped in an orlando bubble <laughs> yeah, exactly. bad joke <laughs> And like, I like Aaron Gordon. I think that, yeah. you know, if you play him at a four, that's where his value is. You know, Kelly Oubre is obviously a three. He's not going to play a four very often. Highlight if there's the some team. way that, that you can get him, but again, in this, in this scenario, in this, you know, and that's a, that's the reason why it's called the. Because unfortunately it just doesn't really work. You know, I mean, I, I like the, the thought process behind it. And I don't want to deter anybody from tweeting at us and giving us trade ideas, you know. So it's not super dumb, but it's just like I don't see how it would be beneficial to the Suns uh, to bring in Aaron Gordon and exit uh, Kelly Oubre. Now, if there's a way that you can, you know, kind of work the math, if he's willing to take kind of a one-year deal, you know, if it's a sign and trade, I don't know how you do it. I'd rather have Kelly Oubre than Aaron Gordon right now. That's just right. me. It sounds like I, we're all kind of uh, in agreement, you know. And you look at Steve Holler in the chat, Oubre over Gordon – which is you know better than the number ten you know plus twenty one plus two picks later. I mean the, this this doesn't the Suns get screwed in that trade. Yeah, that's that's at the end of the day that's the correct answer I think. Yeah, and that's the Play. thing you know we could talk about we could have our our own podcast all about Kelly Oubre. I've seen all these different Kelly Oubre trade rumors. Yeah, and some of them it kind of looks like on paper the Suns win, but some of them I'm like this just doesn't make sense for either team. Yeah, you know? it, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, there's probably hundreds of them. I feel yeah. like we went through hundreds of them just yeah. on this podcast. And it, if you would have asked us earlier in the year, though, I feel like Aaron Gordon was really one of the guys that we wanted to get because yeah. I saw him as an all-star here in Phoenix because I like the potential that he has. And I'm surprised he hasn't blossomed into something more in Orlando. But like you said, maybe a change of scenery would be great for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just... I don't, right now, it's just like we're all with Kelly Oubre on this, so I, it's hard to go against Kelly Oubre when you're asking to trade for Aaron Gordon. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say about Aaron Gordon is, you know, U of A, he would have that chemistry, I guess, with DeAndre Ayton, but that's yeah. just that's yeah, yeah that's that, <laughs> yeah. that that's more for the fans than that's anything yeah, else, yeah. you know. All yeah. the, the U of A, U of a, a I love him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think that's it for this episode of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Suns Geek, before uh, you bounce, you want to you know let everyone know where they can follow you. You know, what, what what's your next project? What's going down? Let us know. 
Well, first off, you guys, if I am correct, did you say I was your first guest on this Suns? Your first are, are on our live stream. Yeah, we've had wow. some on the on just doing the recording, but you know, as a vlogger who's a pro, I figured yeah. you got to be the first guy. Well, thank you guys both so much. I really, really appreciate that. Um, you guys can find me youtube.com backslash sunsgeek or just search sunsgeek. Uh, same thing with my Twitter. It's at sunsgeek. Uh, Instagram, sunsgeekbrandon. I try to respond to as many comments and tweets and messages as possible. I truly appreciate all the support. Any Suns geeks that are watching this Suns Jam Session podcast, subscribe to these guys because they are awesome. And once again, you guys, the fact that you said that I helped inspire your guys' podcast, that just makes my day. It makes my whole 2020 even better. Truly, truly appreciate you guys having me on your show. And as far as projects, I mean, I've kind of been doing these like side monthly vlogs just to kind of like freshen things up on the channel, just so I can kind of remember my life. But I'm going to cover the draft as much as possible. Any and all Phoenix Suns news I try to cover. So I encourage you guys to subscribe to Suns Geek. Hey, man, we appreciate it. Take care of that shoulder. Matthew, you got yeah, anything sure. else? Nothing, but thanks for being on the uh, podcast. It was a pleasure. And everyone go home and love your family. Hey, Amen. Take care, buddy. Cheers.